0: Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 164! My name is David Brooke and I'm here with Nathan Simmons. Nathan, oh my god, where were you last week, my friend? Last
1: week, uh, I had the strangest dream. No, uh, <laughs> last week I was in uh, Mobile hanging with some gal pals. We uh, did, some, did some karaoke and just had a grand old time.
0: Glad you had a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah. How how were you doing? The it was it was weird not
0: uh, not catching up with you last week. I know, I know. I feel like there's a hole in my life and my soul now. Dan Spinelli did a good job filling in and absolutely. This is his seek. That was a sequel episode. Yeah, uh, which which presumes there'll be a trilogy. So someday Dan Spinelli may be on the show again. But thank you, thank you again, Dan. I know you're a listener for being on the show and. Offering up some mega insights into Substack. Yeah, no,
1: that was a fascinating conversation. I uh, I was I was very very pleased with uh, with with all of that. Um, so yeah, thank you, Dan, for filling
0: in while I was uh, uh, drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is last week there was no guest. Yeah, uh, it was almost like a little bit of a break for guests. As you know from the show, I mean, we pretty much have like you know, six to nine weeks straight of guests. And we have it seems that way, yeah. quite a lineup coming on, um, up here. We have Joe Troman, Brian Possein, Scott Koblish on today yeah. to talk the axe from Heavy Metal, as well as Possein and Jerry Dugan's upcoming... The Secret History of the War on Weed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really good conversation. Uh, yeah. Let's listen for that later in this episode. But we also have Steve Fox coming up. We have Cody Ziegler coming up and more. Yeah. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for more insights into the latest and greatest comics coming at you. But the show also talks about news, reviews, comics, mm-hmm. and more. And this week we start with the news and it's all about digital comics, baby. Oh, yeah. Big, big week for digital. Something that's come up. I think we've talked about mm-hmm. Zestworld on the show before. It's a new digital platform that is made by creators for creators, which includes business elements to teach creators how to, like, spend money and, you know, crowdfund and stuff like that. But this week they announced they have $9.3 million in growth capital to use. Wow. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. So so there are clearly some investors who are like, okay, Comixology is the leader. Yeah, and this seems like a worthy, this
1: seems like a worthy undertaking.
0: Yeah. Now, one... Thing to bring up that's a little bit sad is this Zest World is also going to be doing NFTs. Right. I'm so done with NFTs. I want people to stop talking about NFTs. Bill Murray is doing NFTs. Why? What is he doing? <laughs> John Ramada Junior is doing NFTs. Yeah. Uh, this week, well, both of them announced that this week, but not to focus on NFTs. But it's a slight. Bummer. It does.
1: It does seem like I, I, I would be interested to find out like how they're uh, approaching that if it's from like how do you do this ethically, even though I'm still not on board for, I mean, we've talked about this, the the energy efficient and sustainable ones still require years of research to find out if they truly are sustainable. So it's, it still feels like a bit of a trap, (laughs) but (laughs) it's a trap, but the the idea of, you know, making sure that up and coming creators are, uh, are protected and educated and stuff like that.
0: That's, that's awesome. It really is, yeah. And there's IP rights management, there's community management, so there's like an element uh, with Zestworld. where they be able to talk to their fans not mm-hmm. using just Twitter, uh, using their own platform? And there's some incredible creators that are attached: Phil Jimenez, Jimmy Palmiotti, yeah. Alex Segura, Michael Moretti, Peter Tomasi, Amanda Connor. Yeah. Uh, and they also released a new series news news mm-hmm. uh, from many of these creators uh, this week. This is this. It all looks really good. These yeah. titles. Are super indie adult themed. Um, it's everything we want um, mm-hmm. from a new publisher. I'm, essentially.
1: honestly like, "Boom Pow" by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti has me really excited. If only because like the two lead characters are named Booty Pow Pow and K Boom, which makes <laughs> me l- legitimately makes me smile. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's funny. Yeah.
0: They. Uh, I was talking to a press guy, and we might get someone on the show soonish cool. to talk about zest world right on. And maybe the founder it's uh it's interesting to me it's called zest world mm. i feel like that's a like a long lost spice girls song that you yeah. haven't heard yet uh talking about digital comics though comiXology came out swinging mm. i don't know if it was in response to zest world but it was days later uh they announced a bunch of new app fixes and upgrades sure. they obviously three or four weeks ago after maybe Five days of silence and frustration from mm-hmm. people like Patton Oswald of all people. Yeah, they uh, they said they would do some fixes, and it looks to fix like it. they they lived up to their word. The U.S. and U.K. comic storefronts have got improved resolution. Mm-hmm. That's something that I can't believe that was a problem in the first place. Right, <laughs> and it is interesting
1: to note that this happens very shortly after the CEO, uh, you know, announced that leaving the company. So it's it just feels yeah. like. I don't know. This whole my mig- this whole migration process was definitely a, a a little more jumbled than I think anyone anticipated it to be, even on their end.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, th- I would agree with that. I mean, the level of anger you can't you can't buy people's trust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And I think they lost a lot of it. And a lot of comics creators were very outspoken. Like mm-hmm. this is terrible. Like I loved Comicsology, and now I can't even get my library to come up. Uh, One of the bigger features they announced that is now fixed, that should have been fixed from the start, is being able to filter for new uh, releases. I Mm -hmm. think that's a a bit of a no-brainer that I'd want to see what's coming out and then buy it. But uh, that's now fixed. Uh, They also claim there are more fixes on the way and more fixes they didn't even uh, tell us about uh, for user improvements. But uh, I guess it's a nice step forward. We'll see. Yeah. uh, in a month or two, if, if there's any lingering issues. Mm-hmm. In uh, non-digital comics news, uh, Marvel editors participated in the Disney Walkout mm-hmm. on Tuesday to support LGBTQIA plus voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a company-wide walkout. It wasn't just Marvel uh, offices, mm-hmm. but folks like Alana Smith and Sarah Brunstead were just two editors that tweeted out that they weren't going in that day and they were standing with uh, the Disney Walkout. and and joining in
1: on the uh... yeah uh to to protest Disney's uh sort of non-response uh and, and in fact uh unfortunate uh, uh i i don't know uh, co-signing in in some ways of the don't say gay bill which i as a resident of Florida is the fucking biggest piece of shit <laughs> like i <laughs> the the for for the listeners who aren't aware the don't say gay bill uh was passed earlier this month by Florida State Senate and is expected to be signed into law by uh Ron DeSantis and basically it seeks to prohibit teachers from discussing sexual orientation and gender identity with students um which you know is uh, extremely harmful i mean not being able to to talk to people is is the uh, without fear of retaliation is one of the, the the biggest you know contributing factors to depression and anxiety and and just like I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I can't imagine who who this is for, other than you know, s- selfish assholes who don't want to have open and honest conversations. Uh, or I just uh, sorry. Uh, it's um. I was very excited to see so many industry industry professionals uh, speaking out against the bill, and also. Uh, you know, d- participating in the Disney walkout. Um, I even saw uh, Oscar Isaac uh, in a in a in a press interview for Moon Knight, saying like I I would encourage Disney to uh, to you know take a stand against something like this.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I realized it after the fact that day that the the Moon Knight premiere was on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, could you imagine if they walked out? That would have been a mega newsworthy thing, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's not about uh, it's not about the IP.
1: It's about uh, you know taking care of, uh, of of human beings in a very fragile
0: and uh, formative part of their lives. Disney has said they're going to try to make amends, but uh, you can't take away the fact that they spent two hundred ninety nine thousand uh, dollars mm-hmm. giving money to these politicians that voted for the "Don't Say Gay" bill, right? Um, and
1: so it, it is it is on them to kind of make a statement and and say like where they stand on it and saying, I'm going to make amends is still not exactly a, uh, you know, a, Mm -hmm. a, a statement of intent or, or where, you know, where you stand on it. And that's, uh, very disappointing.
0: Yeah, this is something that um, we might bring up again. I hope we bring up again, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, I'd like to see some progress on this. But sure. it's the kind of thing that also, you know, we just will forget about, and it goes on, unfortunately. I hope, uh, I hope we don't forget about it. <laughs>
1: I really do. I sincerely do. Yeah.
0: Uh, moving on to some Marvel release news, Marvel launched Avengers Forever Infinity Comic Number One mm-hmm. on their uh, Marvel Unlimited app this week. Um, We don't usually report on Marvel Unlimited news Mm -hmm. because there uh, they seem to just drop new series on the day and then tell Uh, everyone. Yeah, for sure. This one in particular I put on on our uh, agenda just because it's interesting. It ties into a current storyline where Mm -hmm. there's this multiversal Doctor Doom. Uh, So it acts as a way to draw in new readers to a story arc that's going on in the pages of the comic that are being sent to comic shops. So... There's this synergy that's kind of going on that I always kind of assumed Marvel or even DC with their digital line would try to do more of. So it's kind of cool to see like the digital side sort of supporting the uh, the print side. Definitely. I took a look at the book. It's as a person who's read Avengers Forever, it's it's doesn't add a lot, but it's kind of cool to see the vertical story. And yeah, for Game sure. Walker's great. Uh, Marvel also revealed new details around Thor number 750, the milestone 60th anniversary of Thor. Nice. Yeah, uh, we also got a look at the new Mjolnir, and it's gold cracked. <laughs> <laughs> it got those, it got
1: them gold cracks. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Klein designed it. There's a uh, there's some cover art, some interior art from mm-hmm. like people like Walter Simonson, the the legend mm-hmm. uh, guy who we owe so much to for his contributions to the Thor story.
1: Uh, I'm I'm so excited for the Al Ewing and Lee Garbett Loki story that's going to mm. be in this, which will tie into uh, the upcoming Defenders Beyond. Uh, I'm just I just love that version of Loki so much, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited for a return to that.
0: It's coming out April 27th. Mm-hmm. It's a 74 page,
1: mm-hmm. epic. That's awesome. And
0: uh, could you believe Thor's 60? No, he looks great. Right? <laughs> I mean. Well, isn't Thor actually like something stupid, like 9,000 years old or something? I mean, we all are, right? In our hearts.
2: <laughs> after after the
0: last two years of the pandemic, sure. we all are 9,000 years old. Sure. <laughs> and uh, this is a really light week on news, particularly from all of these. But, you know, after the solicits come out from these people, mm-hmm. uh, all the publishers, I mean, it's usually pretty light. One last thing. Uh, the cult classic Aztec Ace. Yeah, which my dad it's is a, dark a huge horse fan reprint. of. Yeah. So I never
3: even heard of this. Yeah,
1: uh, Aztec Ace was one I I just knew about because it was one that my dad talked about a lot when I was a kid. Um, oh, yeah, cool. wild uh, wild time travel adventures, uh, including you know uh, one of the supporting characters is Sigmund Freud's disembodied head. I mean, it's, oh cool! It's a uh, it's a trippy series for sure, and they, the. This collection is going to put the whole series together, all the uh, the Eclipse comics uh, run. Look at that. You
0: got Christmas solved.
1: Yeah, right? I know. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? It actually it comes out uh, four, uh, four days before my dad's birthday, so I've got his birthday solved. Oh, song. man. Um, in a, yeah, a pinup gallery featuring brand new artwork from huge names like Kelly Jones, Paul Gillesi, Matt Kent, Michael A. Venoming. Like
0: This rules. I'm so excited about this. 528-page uh, complete edition. mm mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it was originally published by Eclipse Comics, which I believe also originally published Mr. Miracle for the first time. Um, uh, possibly. And then, then Todd McFarlane said he bought Eclipse. but then, <laughs> Right. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. Yeah, that's a whole story <laughs> in itself. Yeah. And then one last piece of news. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. X-Men Monday turns 150 years old. I mean, 150 columns <laughs> old. I mean, wait. <laughs> um, I've gotten a chance to look at some of the answers mm-hmm. uh, from the entire X-Office contributes to it. And there's a lot of little teases, and expect some Weezer, and uh, oh sure, <laughs> uh, look forward to more Destiny of X in X-Men Monday in the future, uh, future weeks. Yeah,
1: it's Chris Hassan, oh! so we can always expect a Weezer teaser.
0: Oh yeah, the guy lives and dies for uh, Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> I also, uh, oh, I created a new feature image for it, uh, yeah. although it was uh, Chris's idea, but I, I came, team, I put it together for and him it in Photoshop. it looks quite good. Looks so great, just like the show. Mm-hmm. If you could see audio, <laughs> right. <laughs> In our next segment, our top books of the week. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our top two favorite comic bookies mm-hmm. out this week. What Nathan, you? what do you got? Yeah,
1: I. Uh, what do you got? This was got? Uh, this was a very polarizing <laughs> book for people this week, but uh, man, I, I really dug the Human Target number six by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. This is the Uh, sort of first half, first season finale, uh, before the book goes on hiatus till September. And uh, holy shit, does it leave us with multiple cliffhangers, uh, a couple of twists, and just some more of that great uh, noir-tinged dialogue and Greg Smallwood artwork that uh, really shows us how far Christopher Chance has come in just less than a week. Um, trying to solve his own murder and falling in love with ice and it's uh, this one's very very character driven uh, for the first half of it until pretty much the last like four four or five pages when it kicks into high gear and just tells you that there's no going back for these characters. Um, yeah, man, I, I love this book so much and I uh, it has it's going to be an excruciating <laughs> wait until September. <laughs>
0: Yeah, long hiatus to let Greg Smallwood draw every single issue and color, of course. Of course. Which, yeah, it's a gorgeous
1: looking book. It really is. Uh, That punch is so good. We'll talk about it in a minute
0: for sure. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Spoiled your kapow. Yeah. Uh, My second favorite book of the week was Venom Lethal Protector, number one by David Michelini and Ivan Fiorelli. Um, I had, I didn't really have any expectations for this. I wasn't sure what it would be. It's it's yet another Marvel comic that's set in the '90s, mm-hmm. uh, telling us uh, a long lost story that was that's now being told for the first time. It's really um, fun, right? It, yeah, I just you know it's it's interesting. Like Venom has definitely gotten a, a lot of much needed character work under yeah. Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. But it's also just such a blast to see Venom in his like e- kind of evil, sort of vigilante, trying to be a
1: hero, but not really getting yeah. the, the the subtleties of it. Um, there's
0: a there's a scene where Eddie Brock is talking to the symbiote, and he hasn't yet committed to saying we; he's saying I, mm-hmm. and he's like the symbiote. He's like talking to the semi, he, and he's just like, "Oh, don't be mad." He's like, "Did you have a girlfriend or boyfriend?" Where yeah, you came or a from? parakeet? <laughs> like
1: he's like really trying to get him to open up to him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm, the
0: art is great too. Yeah. It feels '90s in style. It's it's mm-hmm. detailed and um, yeah, and and also it uses C-lister villains in an interesting way. Yeah, which sort of suits Venom in a sense because he is a villain technically at this time. So yeah, just uh, I think long time venom fans will really enjoy getting a new taste. And also David Michelini, like doing yeah. a new Marvel book is really cool. I mean that dude wrote the formative years of Spider-Man when we were Oh yeah. just coming up in the in the ranks. And it
1: really does like he he steps right back into how Eddie used to talk like in a really fun way. I I love that it's not strict continuity either. I mean literally like the first caption box says some time ago well, you know like it's just yeah. like we're not even we don't have to worry yeah. about exactly like we don't have to place this 30 years ago um and it ties into yeah some of the themes of the current venom books where you're, you're you know these he's trying to develop this relationship with the symbiote but he's also still the kind of self-important asshole who will say words like "chicanery." You know, like, they've just been <laughs> you know, dragged down by these politicians and corporate chicanery, or something like. It's so good; I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely brings you back to your childhood. I was surprised it wasn't set in San Francisco like the original Lethal Protector mm-hmm. story was.
1: But I bet, I bet he'll find his way there.
0: Could be. Yeah, there is that lost city underneath the the city. The city <laughs> sure. <used to> find. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs>
1: But uh, what was your favorite book of the week? My favorite book of the week was Ghost Cage number 1 by Nick Dragota and Caleb Gallner. Um this is a exceedingly manga-inspired look at a dystopian future where the world is entirely dependent on one energy source, this giant ohm tower, and it is it kind of combines all these different influences. Uh I mean, there's obviously a huge Akira influence. There's a little bit of like Astro Boy, maybe some uh, Evangelion thrown in there. and um, it's really funny like there's uh, this this mad scientist who controls all the world's energy sends this robot in to take care of the the problem that's caused the the blackout. And throughout, you get all this kind of corporate jargon and jokes about how greed kind of fuels this new society to the point where, like, every word has to have om in it now. Like, oh, we're going to go into the Ulma Vader and now we're going <laughs> to take it. Branding. To... It's all about branding. It's all about branding. Um, it's really funny. The action is wild, and in the space of, like, 40 pages, um, we've already got some uh, a, a central human character to really care about and a sort of antagonist who is extremely entertaining. Um, Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's just going to be three issues long and I I can't wait to see how it builds from here because man, it, uh, it, it lays so much groundwork in, in such a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, this is like the kind of sci-fi you don't usually get, right? Love Especially it. from American comics.
1: I've been, yeah, I've been real spoiled, like in the last between this and like uh, Ultra Mega. Like, there's some really fun, uh, you know, Japanese influenced Western books that are out right now that are that don't feel like like I, I'm telling you like all these influences, but this never once really feels like a pastiche. At the same time, like it feels right, very original right. and very like exciting.
0: Do you suppose it would have uh, been stronger if it was in color?
1: No. I think this is absolutely the right medium for this story.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, My favorite book of the week was just like straight superhero stuff. Yeah. Icon and Rocket, season one, number six, by Reggie Hudlin, Leon Chills, Doug Braithwaite, and Andrew Curry. Um, Book looks so good. The action is so good. Um, And it is the end of an arc, which Mm -hmm. I don't typically pick for my favorite book just because you know, it requires you to kind of know how you got here. But right. I think knowing where the series started, where Icon and Rocket were, you know, I um, Icon was sort of, you know, um, stuck in his ways and Rocket mm-hmm. is sort of naive. You can see they've made some growth at this point, yeah. even though it is mostly like, uh, you know, dodging buildings falling on your head sure. and fighting a giant alien cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, There's also like superhero team elements or other characters um, like static that show up to help try to save the day. Mm -hmm. And um, no, I just I thought the for a Milestone comic, uh, I can't wait for more. And oh, uh, yeah, no Milestone, like the current Milestone
1: line is just so exceptional. I I am so mm -hmm. pleased with, with how these books are developing and. And that they they they're spearheaded by you know the the original creators, but also are are allowing these stories to evolve in new ways. Totally, yeah, for
0: sure. Well, those are our top four comics of the week. Mm-hmm. In our next segment, standout pow moment of the week. Talk about our favorite moment of the week. Yeah. Nathan, I already sort of spoiled yours. What did you pick? So again,
1: very polarizing moment, but like (laughs) something I haven't stopped thinking about (laughs) all week. In fact, I texted you as soon as I had read it. um, Yes, yes. Just saying, holy shit, Dave. Um, So uh, uh, skip ahead like a minute uh, to avoid spoilers, (laughs) but like Human Target number six features a moment that uh, uh, that pays tribute to... Uh, a, a a very famous moment from Justice League International. Uh, throughout this series, Guy Gardner has uh, been more or less the antagonist, uh, acting as a, an obsessed boyfriend and really uh, essentially stalking Ice and not letting her make her own decisions. And finally, Chris decides, I'm going to be the human target and take the hit so that what I know will happen next will happen. So Guy draws blood uh, from... Christopher and in retaliation ice freezes him solid and much like Batman laid Guy Gardner out with one punch back in the 80s uh Chris pulls his fist back punches guy straight in the face and crumples him like he breaks into pieces ouch and i i like it is more than anything else it is like a reminder that like this is a black label book it is out of mm. continuity. We are fucking going for it. But like, this was the oh, first, sure, yeah. this was the first moment in this series where I was like, there is no returning from this. Like, what is this series now? And it's the, it's like a pitch perfect note to end the first half of the season with. It's also followed by this incredible sequence where we just get a, close up of like two of the cubes of ice that used to be Guy <laughs> as they slowly melt and turn right. into blood. <laughs> like it's Yeah, yeah. Even though they're like
0: blue at first. It's yeah.
1: it's truly just a, a a buck wild moment that like I don't know. It, it it I get why it doesn't work for for a lot of folks, but man, it, it really just uh, it hit me just right <laughs> this week and i haven't stopped well, i haven't stopped thinking about it so i think that makes it a standout moment.
0: What was the um what was the complaints? I don't i didn't see the just, chatter.
1: some people felt like it took a, a funny moment and turned it into something
0: nasty or like Oh. Yeah, it was a really impactful moment and it's drawn incredibly too. Yeah. Um my standout kapow moment of the week comes from a Demon Days Blood feud number 1 by Peach Momoko. Uh, this is also a bit of a spoiler for the ending, um, uh-huh. but uh, after our main character interacts with her sister, uh, and they fight and whatnot, and the story has resolved, mm-hmm. our character, who is herself, her mother was like a spirit, mm-hmm. goes into the real world. She can still see spirits, and it's just this amazing moment that reminded me of like some of the classic anime that we've seen before, where there's like this mix of fantasy and real oh, world. Oh, sure, yeah. She's walking across the street and there's this weird red dude with a tentacle or a tail. And he's just like clomping along with these other creatures like yeah, on top of him. I love it. And she like senses it as she's crossing the street looking back. And and then it's not there in the next scene. But there's it's just like a, such an impactful moment because Momoko has created such a realistic looking background yeah. where there's like a whole city and there's a car and there are people that are kind of monotone almost um, compared to her color. yeah.
1: It reminds me of there's a sequence in the in the film, uh, the the Studio Ghibli film Pompoko, where the uh, the Tanuki all change into different monsters and like create basically this monster parade in the middle. And the city is like, oh, that's funny, very realistically portrayed. But these otherworldly yokai are like stalking the streets. And it's uh it, it gives me that vibe. I, I loved Demon Days. I cannot wait to pick up the collection.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and this issue, even though it's the end of the story arc, it does uh, tease that more is coming in the summer. Awesome. That's exciting. So that's cool. Yeah. In our next segment, top books for next week, yep. we're going to talk about our most anticipated comic out next week. Yes. I am looking forward to Astro City. That was then number one by Kurt Music, Alex Sinclair, uh, and... Uh, Brett Anderson. This uh this is the the trio that brought us the original Astro City. Astro City's been on a bit of a hiatus for a while. Yeah. I think in part because it needed to find a new home mm-hmm. um, after Vertigo folded. Uh so it's really cool to see these characters back, to mm-hmm. see our cre- the creators telling new stories in the universe. Um I feel like Astro City is the kind of book that like only like hardcore comic fans <laughs> like. Sure. <laughs> Because it is a brand new universe with superheroes, uh, but it's a, a lot more grounded in a lot of ways. But it also can take big swings, obviously, because it's not part of, you know, Marvel DC's bigger continuity. Right. So, yeah, I'm really pumped for this. uh Hoping it'll be quite cool. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, looking uh, I'm really to? looking forward to The Swamp Thing number 11 by Rom V and Mike Perkins. This is the much anticipated beginning of season two of the Swamp Thing. Uh, when we last left uh, Levi, he had been decimated in a battle against his brother, Jacob. And uh, the this evil corporation was trying to harness the powers of the, the, the various parliaments and uh, uh, the elemental parliaments. And so now we are in this... Uh, place of wondering uh how will the swamp thing survive and what will be left of him and what will what will he be able to do whenever he returns to his full power will he be able to save the world um and is the world worth saving at this point um no no, i mean arguably (laughs) if you uh if you think about uh future state swamp thing it it is not yeah no yeah Uh, we we hope that future doesn't come right uh, but the, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I'm so excited. The first page, uh, the, first, the, the the cover, I've not read it yet. The cover of this issue uh, teases the return of Tefe Holland, which is the daughter of Abby Arcane and Alec Holland, and who hasn't been seen, and sort of John Constantine. It's a, uh, it's complicated. Uh, yeah. But there's, uh, we haven't seen her in a very long time. And so I'm, I, can't wait to see how she figures into this story and and where it goes next
0: no yeah it's it's a it's one of the best series going i think yeah i i I love it i mean
1: listeners of this show will know that it's it's always in the top for me like i can't this is i have been what what it took that took hiatus what three months ago and it's just been killing me (laughs) yeah for
0: sure also I, I i noticed yeah go ahead. Oh, I just, I noticed with the solicit it said uh, number 11 of 16. Is that known that it's a 16 issue yes. planned? It yeah. Is. Okay. Um, it.
1: Also, uh, while we're talking about it uh, with Swamp Thing, uh, Green Hell uh, number two was delayed by like a few more months. Did you see that? Oh, shoot. Yeah. No, I didn't. So huh. uh, thank God this is back because uh, I'm, a, I'm a Swamp Thing guy
0: and I just need need my Swamp Thing. I I don't think Nathan's ever said this on the show but sometimes he goes to the bayous of Florida yeah. and just just like lays down. You go to the bayou. And you're like and then you like dump some like mercury on yourself. You're like, "Come on. <laughs> make Come me on. make me a swamp thing." No, that doesn't happen. Uh, in our next segment, judging by the cover, Junior, mm-hmm. we talk about our favorite cover art out next week. That's right. Yeah. We're in the next week portion of the show. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, what is your favorite cover art out next week? Uh, I love the cover for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja
1: Turtles Annual 2022 by Juni Ba. Uh, this depicts uh, Leonardo wearing his cla- wearing a red bandana uh instead of his uh, his modern day blue bandana wielding his two katanas, uh, looking pretty worse for wear up against a brick wall, but behind him is a shadow of all of his brothers, uh, sort of forming a, a the, showing that they are one unit together. And this story, without spoiling anything because I have, I did peek ahead and read this, is all about them trying to uh, reconnect and 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 be, Uh, comfortable with one another again following the 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 loss of Master Splinter uh, which is a major event in in recent Ninja Turtles books Um, so it's a it ties thematically perfectly to the story and it also has just has this kind of kinetic energy I love the heavy lines on this that kind of extend into the
0: shadows behind him Uh, it's just a it's a great it's a great Ninja Turtles cover yeah, great energy. Junie Juni Boss has been on our best cover list two or three times in the last two months. Oh, I yeah. Think. They're always good. Always good. Yeah, for shower. My favorite cover is from Immortal X Men number one, the main cover, mm. the wraparound cover by Mark Brooks. Good Lord, it's so beautiful. This is a cover you've probably seen. It's been. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. It was revealed this one's months great. and months ago. Yeah. It was also. You can buy a long box with this on the side of it. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's almost it's it's replication or not a, an homage to the the famous uh, Last painting Supper. of Jesus yes, uh, with all of his uh, apostles the apostles yeah. I don't know anyway uh, and everyone's there here is, except for Magneto yeah it's there's a lot it's not only does it look beautiful and it's framed well and the the color is amazing and. There's just so many details yeah. uh, like Cyclops' visor on the ground and Jean Grey's uh, mask on the ground mm-hmm. and a spilled wine pouring down. What does that signify? There seems to be tons of like deeper meaning to all this. Yeah. And I, I know that like Mark Brooks has done a couple of these amazing covers mm-hmm. where um, there seems to be like details that may or may not come true because sure. they're probably still hashing out how the uh, universe will, will, will come to be. But, uh, you know, for instance, you've got Mystique and Destiny and Xavier kind of having a conversation. What does that mean? And then Exodus standing over death's shoulder is pretty interesting. Right. Exactly. And Exodus hasn't been used that much uh, in the the current era. Whereas Mr. Sinister seems pretty prominent. He's holding like a little toy coffin or something. What's that about? Oh, yes, he is. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Something's going on there. That's pretty wild.
1: I'm going to start bringing that to dinner parties. <laughs> just, <laughs> just
0: hold it the Just set my little coffin on the table in front of me. <laughs> that's a good idea. You'll get a rise out of people. Well, that's it for that segment. In our next segment, we're going to be interviewing... What? Who? Joe Troman, Brian Possein Scott Koblish. We talk about the axe and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we'll have Jacques on the show. Talk about Batman One Dark Knight. And uh, enjoy. On with us is Joe Troman, Brian Poussaint, Scott Koblish. The Axe number 1 came out this week, March 23rd, from Heavy Metal Magazine. Thank you guys so much for being on the AFPT Comics Podcast.
4: Thanks for having us. Of course.
0: Thank you. So let's start from the beginning. What's your relationship like with Heavy Metal? Did you read the magazine when you were growing up? How did this project get off the ground? Uh, Joe, you want to
3: go first? I can go first, yeah. I'm the youngest, I think, of the group. I'm, I'm 38. So uh, I discovered heavy metal through the movie and then went like retroactively back Same. <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the magazine and comics. And, you know, it's how I like, you know, discovered, you know, Frazetta and, and Garage Yeah, and yeah, yeah. All that stuff in a backwards-ish kind of way. And then uh, as far as like how we started the book, it really was like, I have a friend that works at Shout Factory and he was like, I should introduce you to the people at heavy metal to matt medney and i was like yeah sure and then it turned into a i didn't realize i was pitching anything
2: <laughs> well i have
3: this idea uh he's like do you have any ideas for comics i'm like uh well i have this idea and it was basically the idea for the axe but i've been mm-hmm. sitting on it for forever i tried to talk to multiple people about it and nobody wanted to do it and then matt was like that sounds great let's do it and i'm like oh shit now we have to start writing it
2: <laughs> now where, it's a thing what
3: like, happened and then i and then i called brian i was like brian do you want to help me with this and he's like sounds cool and then we called scott and scott was like sounds cool and then it was wow, nice. very easy how it came together it was surprisingly easy
4: nice destiny yeah really for me i'm the oldest guy here so i mean i grew up seeing heavy metal magazine at my friend's cool dad's like little nerd cave where he had a <laughs> um, he had like statues where you could kind of see their Chi Uh <laughs> he had nice. a, he had a vampirella and he was yeah. like the coolest guy in my neighborhood. Absolutely. Till til he cheated on my friend's mom. But uh <laughs> Oh shit. Well, was it at least vampirella? Kind of awesome like... He had uh you know he had national lampoon, he had heavy metal, he had all the cool guy stuff of the seventies. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first saw it, you know, and for to be a kid that was already in the comic books then to see you know violence like brutal i remember the first thing i saw was like um a disembodied you can talk you can say anything on this show right oh yeah right oh yeah it's a disembodied dick that fucked people to death right? <laughs> that's amazing oh, When well, i was the... like 11 and i was like oh my god now <laughs> that's, that's the dream
1: there's seen. no turning back
4: <laughs> that was classic heavy metal magazine in the yeah. late 70s early 80s and then when the movie came out I was already in the metal the music, you know, and quite frankly that movie is not very metal. There's no. like a Sammy Hagar song and some other shit. Right. And uh that's kind of it, but the the comedy <laughs> and the and the brutalness and the you know, the animation made me love it for life. It's still one of my all-time favorite movies. So when Joe came to me, I was like, first of all, holy shit, they're doing heavy metal again?" That's awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, it's like a nerd. I've got to show up and all these things I've liked like half my life. You know, I've got yeah. to be in The Simpsons, and I've got to uh, write for Mad Magazine and write mm-hmm. for Marvel. And so, as soon as he said heavy metal, I was like, "Yeah, whatever it is." And then he told me his idea, and it was awesome. Right? You know, I immediately yeah. clicked with it, and we start. I think we started writing pretty much right away
3: that day. Yeah, that, that that's day.
4: great. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I
5: guess I'm uh, sandwiched in between, but. Uh... <laughs> i guess I, I i didn't run into heavy metal until i was like 13 or 14 there was like a comic shop that opened up in my town and i was able to like find it there i, I hadn't found it anywhere before so <clears throat> i run across and i knew enough that it was a, a whole bunch of european uh artists and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so even, I, I had a trip over to italy recently uh well, i guess before the pandemic started time is kind of strange now, but. Uh, they had a showing of a whole bunch of heavy metal like uh, stuff like from the artists like the actual originals oh
2: wow and
5: uh just seeing like how they handled stuff as opposed to how comic book artists in the U.S. handled stuff it blew my mind because Mm -hmm. uh, it was like painted and it was like uh, just gorgeous and like really sensual and violent and like just bizarre and like it really like blew my head off cuz you know as a like a 13 or 14 year old like like Brian said you know when you see, i got to find this issue by the way with the the dick like, <laughs> I swear yeah, i we it. As soon as over, I'm looking for this issue but uh, just it was crazy like there was there was a there was just stuff in there i'd never seen depicted in art before, you know. Sure. So I was, I was hooked. Like, you know, so when they came to me and they were like, we're working for heavy metal, will you work here? I was like, of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God, heavy metal. Like,
5: how cool is that? Like it's really great. You know?
1: So what is the what's the collaboration process like between you three? I mean you, you told us you're you're all pretty close together most of the time, but uh how how does how does it change from the script to the page? I mean there's some crazy monster designs in here. I just very curious about how this all Flows
3: together, Brian. Please, what? Oh, me? Oh,
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well. No, I feel like you had you had these characters in your brain. Some of them, like yeah, yeah. I mean, in I did your brain I mean, before I got into the project. So, I mean, yeah.
3: I mean, I had like a basic outline of like the, a very loose or I guess thin outline of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I had all the characters, including the monsters, described to a, to a decent degree. And then Brian and I, what we did is we uh, first put together what turned into a (laughs) 40-page treatment with images as well. Right. A lot of words. And and we got that over to Scott and, you know, because we wanted to make sure he had enough space to do what he does so fucking well, but also that he had a place to start from because these were completely made up from the ether characters. Um, so um, we gave Scott enough and then he took it to the next level. I think he definitely for me created what was in my head but then like, again, took it to a place that I could have never taken it to because I'm not an artist. And then um, <laughs> from there, what we do is is Brian and I, we, you know, again, we had, we had broken uh, in this 40 page document. We had really heavily outlined every issue, mm-hmm. uh, over outlined in fact, cause we have page limitations cause it's a magazine we're sharing spaces other comics, you know, with other
2: stories.
3: So we had about like between 16 and sometimes they let us bump to 19 pages, which is generous. And uh, so we we would uh, put our scripts together based off these outlines, send it over to Scott and kind of let Scott do whatever he wants to do. And if if he needs to rearrange something, if he needs to change something, we'll just edit the script based off what Scott does because what That's, he does is incredible and yeah. it's also storytelling in its own right as well
4: absolutely oh for sure yeah scott's the best i've worked with him a bunch now uh you know coming from deadpool and and uh and then before heavy metal i did a an anthrax story for this uh mm-hmm. among the living thing um and like anything you throw at him he just makes better yep
5: uh that's very kind
3: (laughs) (laughs) we feel that way legitimately it's so easy working together is very easy i think yeah it is i'll let you i'll let you tell us otherwise
5: (laughs) yeah no everything's been great i mean well like uh joe and brian said there there's a there was a a, like a 40 page document of everything Mm -hmm. they wanted to talk about including like how you know issues broke down and I actually really liked it uh, quite a bit. I liked the, having all that access to that information, as well as uh, you know getting the scripts uh, in too. So mm-hmm. it was pretty easy for me to like uh, to just run with it. And then I just I, I kind of added dicks basically because it was, <laughs> it was uh, it's heavy metal, and I was like, it's a tradition. <laughs> it's a tradition, and I also tradition. thought, about, you know, I haven't seen a lot of like dicks in in fiction. You know, I, yeah. You know, there's a lot of boobs, certainly. And I was like, ah, it's, let's even it out here. And There you go. Not to say that I didn't put in a lot of boobs. As
2: well.
5: so. a lot of boobs but, um <laughs> It's been fun. And uh, I played around with, um, you know, the sizes and shapes of everybody. Like, there's a mm-hmm. main character, uh, Ruthie, who, like, I just tried to make her, because uh, uh, she's the drummer in the group. And, uh, and I thought it would be really interesting to have her as, uh, like, a small, compact like person so like even legs like i made her really skinny and scrawny but she's she's pretty tough so like um it was little things like that like i tried to have like um, a variation of the the main characters and then the monsters were have to have all been just a lot of fun to take care of you know like uh yeah to, to really, like, it's, what's really interesting to me is killing them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the violence, yeah. Spoil anything, You're... but, like, the actual deaths of a lot of these characters are really a lot of fun, so. Nice.
0: <laughs> They're so
5: fun. <laughs>
0: the first chapter ends with these incredible beasts, like, did the script literally say Dick Sheath? On the uh, <laughs> on the big like, no, deal, no, that's... Oh, that's
3: that's a scouted addition. Like, we had everything <laughs> described up until like the the sexual organs, which I'm yeah. so glad he he imbued that stuff because yeah. sure. like we had it's like we had thought of like everything that worked for heavy metal except that essential <laughs> aspect, which is and, <laughs> and,
2: and you know, oh, yeah.
5: yeah sure. It's a little bit of it's a product, a little bit of my squeamishness too, because i was like I'm gonna have to draw this guy's dick, and then I was like. <laughs> I don't want to draw it all the time. So I was like, I just, I was like, let's put this in a big steel sheath. So I was like, yeah. so I kind of like skittered yeah. around it a little bit. But, uh, you know,
3: it made writing more fun too, because what sure. we would do, and this is part of the process. I didn't mean to cut you off, Scott. Sorry. Oh, I but don't like,
5: need to talk about dicks anymore. <laughs> we
3: can know. We're going to keep talking about dicks because those dicks and, and other mm-hmm. uh were, uh, it was really helpful. It made, it made, Writing it made it enabled us to write more jokes and write other yeah. things. Again, we, we but we often like, uh, especially for like you know a future issue, we'll look mm-hmm. back at what Scott has done and use that to kind of tweak what we've done with our outline and our story because sure. it doesn't influence the writing.
5: I like the back and forth. Like if uh, if uh, yeah. you guys throw something out, I'll throw something back, and then you throw something back. It's like, always well received
3: on our end, man.
4: okay oh, Yeah.
1: Well, we get to see the main characters jam a lot in the first issue, so. I gotta know what do you picture this band sounding like?
3: Like we, like I think Brian and I probably it's somewhere between Kill 'em All and Ride the Lightning era Metallica, but nice. they never progressed past yeah. like that garage thrash metal sound, and they never uh-huh. will, and they never should.
4: A little <laughs> sloppy, pretty yeah. sloppy,
3: yeah, sloppy, but like in a very cool way. And cool enough
4: for that girl. random cool girl who we never see again that watched by. <laughs> you guys <laughs> yeah. are the man. You guys sound awesome. <laughs> That's a character yeah, who's never that. met her. Somehow, they're she's in their neighborhood, yeah, and just walks <laughs> by the closed garage and goes, "That sounds rad." You know, yeah.
3: That's the Scott edition, by the way. That wasn't in the totally uh-huh. that we're yeah. like that's I but it that felt real, yeah, that, I know, felt real. Now. As
1: someone, as someone who's jammed in a few garages in my time, like it's absolutely real.
3: Somebody will show up and be like, "Whoa, what you guys in a band? Whoa. Wow, That's
1: so cool!" Is that a Y'all ever heard
3: a Warp tour? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, Do you guys listen to anything specifically, like while you're writing, to like get you in the in the headspace for this?
3: Last, when we were writing the last two issues, Brent and I were listening to. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know how many people know this group, The Fucking Champs.
1: I love that you know, name. They're
3: like a, yeah, they're, so they were like an instrumental, like, garage metal band. Like, oh, nice. Of, like, Trans Am yeah. and stuff. It's hard um, to listen to
4: vocals. It's hard to listen to vocals when you're writing. So for sure. we try to, we, when we're actually writing, we try to uh, just play instrumental stuff, whether yeah. it's hip-hop cool. or metal. Um, but we did, I mean, we knew these kids were a metallic a cover band and you know those that's a sweet spot for me, you know, yeah. that, that early stuff.
0: Are there any tracks or tunes you would recommend folks listen to while they're while they're reading the comic?
4: Just like just put on
1: Kill 'em all and yeah, <laughs> let we it just put that first record on <laughs> pretty much Killem All,
3: yeah. I mean yeah. I have an impossible time reading or writing with like people singing sure. or anything. Right. But you can do it, put on kill them all. <laughs>
4: Just play Call of Cthulhu over and over. And, there you go. You know, or one of their instrument yeah, one of their other instruments. That's
3: true. You can put it yeah, put on Cl- yeah, Cliff Burton's bass solo.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just on a loop. Just on a loop, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Some of the awesome.
3: uh segments with the bully
0: felt so real too. Like how much of these feelings of being an outsider like are pulled from your real
4: life experiences?
3: Oh hundred oh, percent.
2: Yeah. Well I, mean, I like,
4: I grew yeah, up yeah. in John Hughes area era where they said some shit that's not PC anymore. Right. And that's why like, I would push that with the book because kids aren't PC. I mean, some are, but the mean kids aren't.
2: Right. And I think yeah. I
4: think it's probably going, I'm, I haven't been to a high school and I'm not allowed to. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh- they're worse than we can even imagine.
0: It's oh, like yeah. You know, right? They don't give a shit how they come off because they're fucking. No, yeah. Push
4: against it. I bet some kids push even harder because they mm-hmm. don't want to be a PC cuck or whatever, and you know, <laughs> and say right, the right. meanest shit possible. Yeah. Right.
3: I mean, like David literally giving up and just being like, telling that boy, like, sure, just call me whatever you want. Is like a that's thing how that I happened. was.
2: That's the thing yeah, that like I've, happened to
3: me. I've like, yeah,
1: it, that yeah. was so realistic. Like it, it is. Yeah, there's some moments here where you're
4: just like, this is like fucking hopeless for this kid. And yeah, (laughs) but it feels real. I had I had a couple of things I can think of just off where it wasn't one guy. It was because I was always a tall kid, but they would always, you know, they would multiply and I'd be, you know, by a locker with four guys standing around me. Right. And nobody doing anything all at once. And yeah, yeah, Yeah. good times.
3: That's about right. Being ostracized and hit and all sorts of fun stuff.
4: All super
1: fun, right? Yeah.
5: How about last week? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: Scott got a swirly last week.
1: Your wife well, doesn't count, Scott. <laughs> 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 uh, well, things like, things, I mean, th- things are already bad w- at school, but, like, things go from bad to worse at the end of this. Uh, can you tease how these kids are going to be able to Survive or or not or fight off these you know fight back in any way.
3: Yeah. So first off, I think like we set up that at least two thirds of the kids have difficult home lives, and I think mm-hmm. to a degree that the, that prepares them for they're going to be in a very difficult place. You know, they're going to be in a different yeah. world where things are terrible, and they have to uh, they're going to be accosted by horrible things uh, left and right, and they're kind of used to that to a degree. They're going to have some help, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to have to survive by their, I think they're witty kids and they're quick on their feet and and then that's going to help them as well. I think that Joe and I always looked at, the at it
4: like the kid's attitude is like, we're in a hellscape, but it can't be any worse than my dickhead stepdad you sure. know, and getting yeah. punched, getting punched to wake up, <laughs> you know, right, like, right. right.
0: That
3: makes sense. A day not getting a, a day not getting hit by my stepdad's a good day, even if it's in a fucking hell's cave.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though there's demons everywhere. Yeah, exactly. when I was well, a- and I feel like these kids, without like taking too much from Scream, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, if I was in a situation like this, I would be making references left and right, like this is sure. like this, this is like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we made these kids horror savvy and and uh, and you know, movie savvy. Yeah.
3: And I also think about, like, you have been in a band for, like, 22 years, uh-huh. and one thing that's made it possible to, like, be in the band and, like, keep going on no matter how many dumb decisions we've made along the way, is that <laughs> I don't have to do it alone, like, sure. with three other yeah. people, and so these kids have each other, and they have each other's backs, no matter how annoyed they get with each other, at the end of the day, they're, like, family.
1: Scott, you, you had, you were going to say something?
2: No.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. No, no. <laughs> no. Just, to, I'm, I'm agreeing. Does, um, does this crew of demon type monsters at the end, do they have a name? Like, do they have a group name of their own? Like a band name?
3: They don't have <laughs> a band name, but in a way, they, I mean, in a way they do. You'll, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But okay. You, you do learn it in the next issue. If they awesome. were to
0: face uh, the uh, those guys from the Hellraiser, what are those guys called? The Cenobites.
3: Oh, the Cenobites. <laughs> yeah. Who would win in that battle? And <laughs> would there be a dong involved? I think, I think, um, I don't know. That's a good question. The Cenobites are not easily defeated. Right. So, um.
5: I'd pay to watch that fight, though. I'd pay to watch <laughs> for the
0: sure, fight. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's review
3: material right there. What you Absolutely. have on the
0: page here is is getting me excited. Much, much excited for a battle of other monsters.
3: Yeah, it's for sure. It's fun. I mean, again, we just, um that's i think like scott mentioned it earlier just the lack of limitations you get in heavy metal that don't yeah. exist to, with other That you know there's there are big limitations with a lot of other publishers and mm-hmm. so uh we did whatever <laughs> with monsters of violence and sure. it yeah. makes for a fun book and a fun story and then we did imbue a lot of our own experiences and feelings in there so hopefully there's like enough heart that makes you want to stay with it you know yeah it makes you feel connected to the story still
0: was there anything that you wanted to get in there that was extra violent or 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 extra sexual in nature that wasn't uh approved or you didn't you pulled yourself back to not let it in there
3: didn't get enough didn't get to do enough full penetration that's for
0: sure (laughs) i think there was Uh, a penetration thing in the boulet brother takeover wasn't there nathan
3: there was and and they (laughs) they slightly
1: covered it yeah yeah
0: it it got pretty wild though
1: yeah i Um, i would I was like man comics man
3: <laughs> no if, if, if anything like i just wish because we packed so much and again yeah. like i brought this up before it's like we have limp page limitations sure we packed so much into this it would be uh i just be nice to have like twice as many pages to tell sure. this story or tell more tell more of the story because we do it's it's a six chapter or issue arc
2: yeah.
3: uh, so it's a six issue arc and uh, it does have an ending that's satisfying enough, but we also leave it open-ended to where we could do more. And so Ooh, we would love awesome. to do more afterwards but yeah. also do it in, a, in a larger uh, page format. Very
1: cool. Well, I, I, the press release is, uh, it invokes Army of Darkness and The Goonies as as uh, influences. What are some seminal movies for you guys growing up that, that you kind of brought with you into this series? Big Trouble. My I'm a Little China i my mean,
4: all-time favorite film. Big Trouble. In, <laughs> it is, yeah. Every, in almost everything I write, Big Trouble in Little China and Evil Dead Two yeah. and Army of Darkness. Those movies are like, especially when I wrote Deadpool. I, he was Ash sure. the whole time. Sure, you know.
0: Oh man, now, now um, I got to go back and reread it.
4: Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> and a lot of Jack, but Jack Burton mm-hmm. and Ash between you know. But um, you know those things.
3: Nightbury? Um
4: Oh yeah,
3: nice. Night running Story was in there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for
4: sure, that was in there.
3: That's cool. Just a lot of a lot of '80s movies.
4: Place. Nice. Oh, <laughs> and it. I mean, did we mention? In so much, Clive Barker.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you, you can you get the hell ra- the little Hellraiser in there from the monsters. for sure.
4: Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's impossible I, not to. Nod. I was not a Hell. I was not a big Hellraiser fan. I got to be honest. Nightbreed though was my shit. Like Nightbreed, yeah. I loved, and I I uh, loved the original story, Cabal. Sure. Um, so yeah. for me, that was like as soon as he said Shoal, I knew what it was. I, w- I was like, oh, Midian, you know, like.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That's cool.
1: So I got to ask uh, Joe, you've got Fallout Boy, various other musical projects. Brian, you've recorded music of your own. And the real question is when can we expect Scott Koblish to put out an EP?
5: <laughs> oh, uh, 20 years ago, I did. I put out an EP. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, nobody get... about it. I, if you go to my YouTube channel, actually, there's a whole bunch of songs there. It's nowhere near as good as uh, any of these guys here. No, yeah, I got
2: it. <laughs>
4: That's probably better. I'll check that it out. Grammy winning Fallout Boy, you mean? <laughs>
3: Dominated. Dominated. They won't give us a Grammy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no they won't do that.
0: It's a, it's a little <laughs> early to be asking this, but are there any updates on the axe screen a- adaptation going on?
3: <laughs> uh are there I, we're working on we a to, well
4: i think all we can say is we we're talking about it and we really want to so yeah we're, yeah, yeah we're, i awesome. think this could be done several ways you right. know it could be an ongoing tv show on like a netflix that goes harder than stranger things you know um, <laughs> sure and it could be you know a made for shutter movie that's pretty cool or it could be animated it could be you know it could be a Bloomhouse movie too, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It just depends on who clicks with it. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it around.
2: Let's nice, have some
4: meetings all around Hollywood and see what happens.
0: <laughs> Do you think Stranger Things needs more blood and nudity? Well,
4: then we I got don't the like thing that, for you. Yeah, I mean it needs something, <laughs> but I mean it is for kids. It's your main yeah. heroes are these younger yeah. kids, so you can't kind of go too hard you know it's right. it's in that monster squad world you know oh, that's which is one of yeah. my all-time favorite movies but yeah
3: yeah i think I, you I, just you, you would need something that's more geared for adults to be able to go there it is really geared for a certain age range
5: mm-hmm. well and also i mean when i was a kid a lot of the stuff i saw when i was 11 12 13 was i guess geared for like 25 oh yeah.
2: right
5: I, I don't know how i wound up getting my hands on these things but you know i'd seen a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. That I guess I don't know. It's uh, it. Kids always want to read or see the thing that's like made for older kids. Like mm-hmm. you know, sure, they're always fighting to see stuff that's older. And I guess now that uh, there is Netflix and stuff like that, I don't know how parents would address even like someone watching something or not watching something. I don't right.
2: Know. You know how that it's,
5: handles but uh it, like uh like brian and uh, joe say there's a lot of different directions that you can take this property in if mm-hmm. you wanted to just like stick with a lot of the teen drama and then the fact that they're in like a hellscape that kind of mirrors a lot of their lifetime problems but mm-hmm. also gives uh some fleshes it out in real form you know so that they can actually fight it like physically like you know uh, there's uh, tons of angles that you can go and stuff like that. You don't have to just uh, stick with a, a, like a carbon copy of the exact thing that we've done. Right. Uh, you know, so, but, but obviously like, you know, you can just do anything you can with a, uh, with a property like this, especially there's great monsters. There's great like kids. There's uh, there's just a great drama in the whole thing. So I think if anybody wanted something, you know, give Joe, Brian, a call.
2: <laughs> and so right I'll, to,
5: it's got to be involved. Yeah. Well, I'll be
1: involved. Yeah, absolutely.
5: I'll be there to to somehow screw things up. Yeah, storyboard, <laughs> oh, it, you gotta storyboard it, man. got storyboard it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true.
1: Well, uh, do you guys have uh, any other projects you're working on right now that you'd like to plug? Anything uh, coming out soon or in the works?
3: Nothing I can plug, okay. unfortunately. but We, working on we have stuff. a
4: couple of things in the pipe, but um, cool. we, you know, every idea I have, I want to do it with Joe. So,
3: and likewise well, it Brian. So and awesome. I'd like Scott to be involved with any bet as well. So we're trying to get, we're actually trying to get, we're trying to, we pitched him, a, thing a, a week Scott ago. I know.
4: <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. We're waiting on his answers. So, only uh... one man. I'm trying to, <laughs> only <laughs> one man. Wait, can right you guys, yeah, guys plug the other your thing or no? I do too. So.
5: Uh, i guess we can uh plug the the 420 book brian like I guess oh yeah we, yeah because yeah, uh we did a a, a story uh, together with uh jerry duggan on um uh, that'll come out from image on oh right it's uh how would you even describe this book at this point
4: <laughs> yeah well so it's called the secret history of the war on weed but mm-hmm. um it's it's 85 And, uh, we know who's really running the country. It wasn't Ronnie. It was, uh, his, his sweet wife. And, uh, (laughs) sure. She she sends this guy, this like kind of, um, Schwarzenegger kind of commando kind of predator Amalgam and, and, you know, and and sends him up uh, to Humboldt County to take care of these hippies. And, uh, (laughs) and then he, uh, Maybe he finds out how wonderful marijuana really is. And he turns. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, image image shared this with press today. Uh, oh, the, the first issue here. Yeah. Oh, it's a one shot, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He'll be rad. He'll be so Aaron, Which is just like the so. Jerry and I went hard 80s, you know, with the dialogue. Oh, and and right. Scott, you know, knew exactly. Scott did a lot of the heavy lifting on this uh, we did so it dope. kind of the marvel way where uh yeah. where he uh you know we we did a rough outline yeah the three of us together actually and then uh it was a, the whole thing was nothing but fun and yeah, we only sick. did it like a month ago like holy shit it's the fastest <laughs> it's the fastest yeah. i've ever had anything come together almost ever because we uh, we read
1: time, the we read the announcement for it uh on the on the podcast like i feel like three or four weeks ago something like that yeah yeah and then
4: yeah. uh yeah that's so rad i feel like jerry only came to me with this like a month a month and a half ago or two months ago it that's was around just, that's it feels, yeah it was around christmas that we were like yeah so, that's right so three <laughs> months right. or four months but yeah so that's so fast in comedy yeah. world like there's a, there's a lot of panels people here might not dude know that, but books books can take almost as long as an episode of the simpsons to make like they sure,
0: right
1: it Uh, takes forever this art is sick i will be reading this tonight i'm very excited
3: (laughs) it's it's, it's beautiful and it's hilarious it's from page one it's hilarious
1: yeah that's great it's very yeah jerry
3: jerry sent it to me and i immediately like i start reading and i was like well this joke got me already. He's like, thank goodness. That's, that's
4: oh, yeah. Awesome. I think, like the first panel. Makes first you panel laugh. got
3: me immediately. I'm like, yeah,
4: I'm dead. Yeah. yeah, That
5: first joke for the first panel was awesome. It's well, very- what was really nice about working, I guess, the plot style is that mm-hmm. like I really feel like uh just free to do whatever kind of thing pops into my head. It's a little bit like a tightrope walk. It, you're just not looking down if you can avoid it. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, sure. <laughs> kind of like i see the bridge on the other side and i've got to get there and then just kind of run across and then like what's great is i can throw it to brian and jerry or throw it to brian and joe and just Mm -hmm. see what they come back with and um like that's the real fun for me like there was even a a pat like a pit like there was a story that we had done uh in a deadpool thing brian and jerry and i and like it was a roast of, uh, Deadpool. Yeah. And, um, at some point I wanted to put like just some of the audience members in like different panels. Like the script that I had gotten was like a five panel page. And I, I just threw in all these other characters. Like I threw Hitler in at some point because he was in issue 26, Right. you know? And so I threw him in in issue 45, but I threw him in, in the background. and I put him at the villains table with all the other villains <laughs> and, uh, but I like putting him near magneto. and I was, in my head, I had like a whole thing between everybody. But uh, what was great is that, that when it came back to me, Storm is the person speaking at that point. and she's mm-hmm. like, "Why is Hitler here?" <laughs> <laughs> what I really loved about that was it wasn't really Storm that was saying. It was Brian and Jerry. They were like, right Why yeah, is Hitler?
1: <laughs> <just> <laughs> acknowledging <laughs> it but respecting yeah, so. the process.
5: That's funny. <laughs> For me i was like i love that you know like i could throw That's awesome. something out and they're like why did you do that <laughs> yeah right <laughs> when life turns into the, the book
4: scott did you draw the wedding yeah i drew part of the wedding did you draw that that panel that are you in the uh guinness book or is Hawthorne?
5: uh i'm i'm in the guinness book for the cover yeah like uh I yeah actually, yeah i oh my god you're you reminded me i gotta go pick that up but um uh, yeah i'm in
4: the guinness cram and we cram the most marvel characters anybody's ever done in one page
2: that's yeah,
5: awesome I didn't, that's cool I didn't Know that that was a contest so i would have put more characters in Space in there, and then the editor was like oh we're gonna go to the guinness for this and i was like Really? Because like, <laughs> I, if I had known that I didn't put Hit Monkey in there or the Punisher, uh, sure, <laughs> these other characters sure. I put in. I wish I had known. But uh, yeah, I did the I, I did part of the wedding uh, in mm-hmm. the interiors too. I did that issue, that story where uh, Ms. Marvel uh, has all the dicks.
4: They're fighting those dick monsters. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. God, I was so high when I wrote that.
5: <laughs> Actually, I wound up doing someone asked for a commission
4: of that dick monster. Oh, really? Well, yeah. you know what they were? They were Staros. They were Staros that looked like dicks. Yeah, right. Uh... Just had, like, a Staros super terrifying, that DC villain. Yeah. I was like, what would be more terrifying than Starro? And it was also kind of the alien, uh you know, uh, face hugger. Right, it was a mixture of starro face hugger and a giant dick, and so like <laughs> just to have a dick grab your face and put its balls in your mouth and <laughs> and, and choke you I guess it came from it's, Not it's all wanting circle. Dick
3: balls in your mouth did it come from that?
4: <laughs> Where is
3: the inspiration for this?
4: <laughs> well, if I go back to my
5: childhood, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. So stuff like that is really fun, and uh, yeah. it's been fun to do that on the axe and stuff like that too. So I've I've really enjoyed like uh, the back and forth. It's been it's just great to have people that you entrust. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure, like, for sure. Yeah, I did this. It's stupid. Make it better, and it <laughs> comes back better. Like
3: likewise, we like we throw our stupid back and forth very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I suggest uh, listeners throw their stupid at you at you with their money because uh, the axe <laughs> is quite good. We just previewed the secret history of the war on weed too, and that looked amazing. Yeah, absolutely, uh, it's so good as
3: as someone that had nothing to do with it. I <laughs> make no money off of it. I, yeah. I love it. It's so
5: good. I'm so excited for it. It comes out on 420. It does. Yeah. When? Hell yeah. I'm like super excited to actually like have like it out and like in stores. Oh yeah. I don't think anyone's ready for it either. Because like I wrote a whole bunch of postcards and sent it to stores. I was like, I was like, this comes out on 420. Like you should be prepared. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> and anybody that's in the valley we're doing a, a signing at earth too like yeah there. nice yeah on 420 on 420 nice. on and scott and, and jerry yeah. how many
0: comics fans awesome. will slip you some weed do you think
4: <laughs> a couple <laughs> especially in la yes
0: yeah. nice. <laughs> well joe brian scott thank you so much for being on the apt comics podcast uh, the Axe Part Two, Chapter One, Number One. I'm not sure what to call it. Is out now in Heavy Metal Magazine Number Three Fifteen. Yes, thanks for
5: having and us. be in for the next six issues too. Like so, it's awesome. Cool. And yep, then they'll and they're going to they're gonna do a trade, of course. So of course, yeah,
3: yeah, yep. will so be able to own it separately. If you don't like the other stories,
0: <laughs> I don't
3: like my but stories you should,
0: touching. You should read all of them. You should. read <laughs> you all like, the you Yeah,
3: I don't like my stories touching either.
0: <laughs> Just like my peas and turkey. Well, thank you so much, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend.
2: Yeah, you thanks, for, thanks having for having us. Thank you very much.